I'm going to say this, make sure we understand this. You're feeling distant from God. It doesn't mean that God is not close to you in that situation because God is close to you. But I think there's seasons where God gives us time periods where we're, we're feeling like we're not producing fruit. We're feeling like we're distant all because he's trying to work and develop something inside of us. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are talking about why are you not growing spiritually? I know there's some days where you just feel like you're distant from God, feel like you look at the past year and you feel like in your relationship with God, you've not progressed, you've not gone deeper. Maybe you're doing all the right things, like reading your Bible, going to church, but it's just the connection point's not there. It feels like something's broke. Yeah. So we want to jump into that because I know that's going to be super helpful for you all today. But we also want to identify something is that many of you have probably noticed that we've been going through a little bit of a branding crisis. Branding crisis. Definition. Yeah. So Defining. yeah. So if you have been with us from the beginning, you know that this channel was sons and daughters. Then we actually switched it over uh, to more of just Christian and I. But we really want to get back to the heartbeat of what we were originally doing about sons and daughters. It's just seeing um, sons and daughters of God living in the fullness of their identity of Christ and seeing that played out through their everyday life. And so. We want to incorporate that back into what we're talking about, making sure that we're always bringing content that's going to help and strengthen and bring you closer to yeah. God. Basically, just what does it look like to live an actual healthy Christian lifestyle? So we're going to put a few title options in our YouTube community. So make sure you're following us there so you can comment. But we want to know what title do you like, but what actually encompasses what you want to hear as well. But Let's get back into the topic. Why were you even talking today, this episode? Because I remember being in this point, being in college, being in small groups, and just thinking there's a disconnect. Yeah. And I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Oh, I think there's seasons of disconnect. I'll say this, but Elijah went through a season where he felt like God was not there. And it was a distance period. And, and you see these moments where he is crying out to God when he's up on the mountain and God said, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, I'm the last one. I'm the only prophet available. And the reality of it is that was not actually true. There was thousands of prophets available. But he went through this season where he felt like he was isolated and away from God. Even though God had just used him in a miraculous, amazing way, you go through these seasons where you're like, God, are you not speaking to me? And, and like you said, a great example is Job. Like Job went through this season where he's like, I know I didn't do anything wrong, but God, what happened in my life? And, and so I think, are you, why is this happening? Yeah. I think the W questions. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's about identifying like, God, what are you doing in this dry period? What are you doing in this period of isolation and making sure that that period of isolation doesn't become unfruitful. Like if it becomes unfruitful and you don't get something from it, then all it is is just a time period of where you're feeling. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this, make sure we understand this. You're feeling distant from God. That doesn't mean God's not close to you in that situation because God is close to you. But I think there's seasons where God gives us time periods where we're, we're feeling like we're not producing fruit. We're feeling like we're distant all because he's trying to work and develop something inside of us. Yeah. And I think today we are very dopamine addicted to where it's high success, high achievement, high like in initial gratification and so like with our faith life it can feel like highs and lows but the resiliency that is um, I think it's like Eugene Peterson he talks about that book where it's a the I'm gonna butcher what it's called but he said a long obedience in the right direction or something like that you know that book and it's just that idea of like continual you know even on the rainy days even on the sunshine days like just the consistency 
that is counter to our nature today. Like it does feel, especially if you're, let's say you're a worship leader or something, you get on a stage and it's really high highs and then you go home alone, the noise is stopped and there's silence and it can feel like, you know, you're not feeling the same sensations, you're not feeling God close, but C.S. Lewis talks about the great, one of the greatest distractions, I think I was in this free tape letters, is this world is a world of noise. But if we can see the silence, not as a taking away of his presence, but an actual invitation to draw near and honestly fight with some of our internal struggles too, to weed out and have that time of, of growing close and him speaking into it. Yeah. I mean, we, I've said this before in the past. And I'll say it again. And I'll say it again. But I'm from Colorado. And so, of course, the mountains, understanding the mountains, is that if you see a, a massive mountain, normally over 10,000 feet, I'd say, um, you'll see that there's a clear indication of when the tree stops growing. And the thing is, is if we just ride the highs from, you know, going from one moment to the next moment, trying to jump from mountaintop to mountaintop, you've got to understand is that life and growth does not happen on the mountaintop. And that's just what nature shows you. There's a point where the altitude of the oxygen is not sustainable for life and growth to actually happen with those trees. And so it stops right there at a, at a certain point on that mountain. And so there is, there is growth and there's discovery that happens down in the valley where it feels like, uh, you know, God, where are you in this situation? Where are you during this time period? But I, I do love this beautiful scripture that Job talks about. And Job's one of my favorite books of the Bible. A lot of people think that's weird because they think it's kind of boring. But I love the overarching theme of Job is it's like not even heaven can shake my faith in heaven. And I think that's a really powerful sentiment is that Job was just after God. And he says this, I go east, but he is not there. I go west, but I cannot find him. I do not see him in the north, for he is hidden. I look to the south, but he is concealed. So Job's basically saying, I'm going all these directions. I'm looking everywhere, but I can't find God in this season. In a time period of my life where I'm feeling like I just lost everything, not feeling like he did just lose everything, his kids, his, his wealth, his health, everything. But he says this on the next verse. He says, but he knows where I am going. And when he tests me, I will come out as pure as gold. For I have stayed on God's path. I have followed his ways and I have not turned aside. I have not departed from his commandments. And I love that because he understands the testing that God is doing in this period of time. And what Job does, what you were just kind of saying, is Job says, I do not stray away from the things of God because he says this very next thing. He says, but I have treasured his word more than my daily food. And I think that is so powerful when you are feeling like I haven't heard God's voice in a while. I haven't heard what he's been saying. Is member treasuring his word, is getting in the word of God, keeping at the forefront, keeping at the, the remembrance of the words of God in your mouth speaking the plans and the promises that God has over you, the blessings and, and the things of God over you um, on a daily basis. And this is our way of saying we understand what you're feeling and you're not wrong for feeling it. And you're also not isolated from feeling it. If some of the great books of the Bible show people that were in that same category in camp, but you use that to leverage them to one, grow closer to God, to do powerful things for him and just to draw near in trying times, then let's see that as the recipe that we can take as well. But we also want to get really practical here. Let's do practical. I know we're going, we went deep kind of fast. I feel like most people go practical deep and then practical, but we're- We went deep fast. Practically, this generation especially, there is one key thing that I think that makes us get into that camp in a way that it's not God's leading you to something, but it's more just we're getting in our own heads. Like 
we could easily take this out of the equation and just realize how close God is. And that is our focus. We have so much going on. Yeah. And some of it's really good things. Like we're parents now. We have so much where it's like, okay, are you doing this? Like what? Look at our calendar, get this going. But we have to be so intentional, whatever season you're in, to focus in. And focus is one of those things is you can have a completely free day or you may be completely booked. But how you focus determines how you leave feeling that day, what you do produce if you're in your faith how close you feel to god because actually focusing on where he is i saw a percentage that said 54 percent of gen z say that technology inhibits them from their daily task that's half over half of the population in that generation saying that just technology stops them from like doing their jobs or like cleaning their house like even small things like imagine what that means for our faith and it's not really surprising that one third of Gen Z say that they have no religion at all. And I wonder if it's, we're so focused on the external things and then not even focused, we're so distracted and just walking aimlessly between all the things that we have in our life that we're unable to focus in on God's presence, how that makes us feel and how that's transformative in our lives. Yeah, I mean, there's a practice that I think is really great if you can get started with it. I honestly kind of want to develop some of the factors within this, but. It's the 15 minute rule. It's just the five, five, five. And so it's the spend five minutes in worship, five minutes in, in the word and five minutes in prayer. And I think that is a really simple way of understanding, okay, I can get on my phone and I could start scrolling and I could easily allow 30 minutes to an hour to slip by. Just take 15 minutes. And whether that is that you have to leave your phone in the room and it's, hey, this phone does not come out of my bedroom until I read in the morning or something or doesn't leave my desk until I read or I get that time. Just set up some daily practices, some different habits that can create that opportunity for that space to be able to come. I know every single day that I do not get in the word. I mean, there's a significant difference in my day and just in my mental state, how I'm handling things, how I feel about the day. And so getting into the word is one of the greatest things that you can do. So figure out factors that can take your focus from the other areas that are drawing your focus and really prioritize um, what it is that needs to be prioritized. Because that's the thing. We have a focus problem because we don't prioritize what is necessary. I've seen you do this and I love when you do this because I do notice a difference in you. And I think it means a lot when we're like, okay, is that really making a difference? But when others can call it out and just be like, man, you really, I can see a difference in you today. And I think you're so right that we have to not just do these things out of religion or out of habit or sparsely here and there, but we have to, one, have that prioritization that you're saying, but also not prioritizing it just to do it, but prioritizing like how we're going to walk into that moment. And that focus comes by, you know, I'm not just going to get in the word and like do it and then I can go to my next thing and I have that meeting. But like, no, I'm going to start my day. We were talking about this, keeping the first things first and like get excited and know like this is a time to enter God's presence. Like I've been painting recently and that's been a moment where I just feel the seclusion and time with God. Like it can be whatever it is. Don't just follow. I'm not saying don't read the word, but I'm saying like the intention needs to be I'm going to go spend time with God and focus in and think about him and listen to him because that really changes the dynamic of what we get out of that time. Let me give an example, actually, that's not just about reading your Bible so we can see what this looks like played out. With working out, scientists wanted to do a study to see how much of working out was just purely physical and how much of it was mental. And 
I didn't quite believe this, so I did multiple studies, but there was one and it took people that hardly worked out or it never worked out, put their arm in a cast and they told one group for 10, 15 days, I want you to just look at your wrist and imagine that you are working out. And the other group like, hey, you're just going to have your wrist in the cast. By the end of the week, the group that just looked at their wrist and imagined working out had a 10% muscle increase. And then they took bodybuilders, and you know this, they have to stay consistent, they have to stay on top, they have such a regime, and they took them off for a week or two of working out. Usually that means your muscle decreases, your stamina increases, everything. But they told half of them, I want you to imagine that you're still going to the gym. I want you to focus on those muscles. Remember, have that muscle memory of working out. And they saw a 13% growth increase. They didn't lose anything. They actually increased. So you don't need a gym membership. You just need to imagine you're at the gym. That's all it is. Arden's going to be in his sleep tonight, late lifting weight. All I need to do. And this isn't like some weird just like, oh, think it, it happens. But it, it's showing like what we actually lean into and focus on. I actually went to the gym this morning and I was trying really hard. I was like, okay, I'm going to focus on what I'm doing. Because even at the gym, I can be on my phone or distracted and what I get out of that workout makes a difference. They did a study on that too. It's called attention focus while you're working out. And they even did the imagery of you have a physical trainer and they say, hey, I want you to drive your feet through the floor when you do that squat or that leg press versus I want you to engage your glutes. Mm -hmm. And the difference of what you picture when you're working out led to a, do you want to guess whatever the percentage difference is? Someone doing 10 squats yeah. One saying drive your feet through the floor, one saying focus on your glutes. I say like 5%. There's 20%. Wow, that's incredible. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I need to, Just so focus I need to drive through the, the floor. So you need to engage your glutes. Engage my glutes. That's what <laughs> yeah. I need to do. You have to actually picture what you're using. Yeah. And when it comes to our faith, sometimes I think we have that same approach of, well, I'm going to read the Bible and whatever God does, like he'll bring to me. But like, no, I'm going to read the word and I'm going to look for his glory. I'm going to look for his faith. I'm going to look for his his mercy and all of this within the pages. And I think we actually find it when we look for it. And then like that bodybuilders, you know, the wrist people, they got a 10% increase, but the bodybuilders had a 13%. And I think that's because when we've actually done it in real time, less the focus, mm-hmm. that longevity increases yeah. and muscle memory. And like we actually, we know what it's like. Yeah. And I think going off of that, there's a book called Practicing in the Presence. It's by Brother Lawrence. And I think when I read about him and just his relationship with God, it is absolutely beautiful, the depth of the relationship with God that I'm like, and I just want, I just want a percentage of that. Like, and I just want to go deeper. And that's one of my prayers is I always pray over us that we would know God deeper than any man can ever know God. And and I know that, that I don't want that to come off as like a competitive thing. It's just, I want to know God so much and i just wanted i want the full amount of it but i love what brother lawrence exemplifies within his book and he takes it to the extent of he's so focused in on god and i think when we get so focused in on god in our our walk and our communion understanding that god's not limited to your quiet time god's not limited to your prayer time you are as the disciples were you can be as the disciples were of constant fellowship with god walking with him walking with jesus if you have that awareness and I love what he he does is he had that awareness, Brother Lawrence, to this point that he would even recognize moments where he was like, oh, I'm not focusing on God right now. And he would repent and come back and say, okay, I'm going to focus in on God. And, and he just had this awareness of so much of, I think we're more aware of the moments that we focus in on God, where he was more aware of the moments that he was not focusing on God. 
And so his day was so shows you the ratio yeah, right there. Yeah, his day was so focused in on it that it was it was a really standout moment when it was not focused on God. And I'm like, what if we as a generation flipped that script? What if we became so aware of the things of God that he has for us and that the 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 involvement that he has on our day to day, I think we will be a generation that is close knit to God. And sees that plays out. And sees that plays out within our life. And we'll be aware of the the time periods, the things that God is doing. I mean, Hannah, the Bible says that God closed Hannah's womb. God put Hannah in a season of barrenness. But Hannah understood that this was an opportunity for what God was doing. And so she pressed into that because Hannah was spirit-led. And, and so seeing a generation being spirit-led, I think, is going to be the key with this. Key. Either. What we're encompassing by all this and the studies alike is just to say, if you engage your mind, you engage it all. Body, emotions, your will, your sight. So have focus, and that's going to shift not just your faith, but also your workouts, your schooling, whatever it may be. Focus is so key. And when we are focused, we become more capable, more engaged, more willing and ready to do what God has called us to do. And purpose to stand in the power that he's already placed within us. So we hope that this really encourages you, speaks to you in this season. Don't forget to go vote for the title so we can just this all better. But we're so glad that you guys are here, especially if you've been a longtime member. And until next time.